and Karen. So you're about to hear someone really wonderful, and it's true. He needs his mic, so I might, oh, I have the mic, yay, so I can say something. <laughs> I was reading from Psalm 62. I love the Psalms, don't you? The Psalms are so wonderful. Uh, they bless my soul, and Psalm 62 one says, my soul finds its rest in God alone. I think there are songs that are written, probably, you know, about every psalm. There's some song that was written from way, way back, and we keep writing songs. It's so wonderful. Comes from him alone. My salvation comes from him alone. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. There's a lot of things we can be shaken about but not uh, if we are in the Lord. He gives us that fortress, that strong fortress. Trust in him at all times. Then this is especially the word for all of us tonight. Trust in him at all times, O peoples. Mm -hmm. That's what it says. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. And tonight... <laughs> Tonight, when Paul's speaking on Dare to Dream, mm -hmm. Father, tonight we want to be able to pour our hearts out to you. And we know, Father, that you already know what's on our heart. Sometimes we're afraid to even disclose it, but here you already know it. But you love to hear our voices. You love to hear us articulate what's on our heart and what you have put on our heart. And so thank you, Father, when tonight Paul will be helping us, revealing and helping us to see what you are thinking, what you want us to be able to share with you, Lord. And so we say yes to you again tonight. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes to what you are doing and what we want to do to please you and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You created us to love others, to love you, and be here with you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, honey. Thank you. That was a cool name. So many of you, so much stuff. Good worship time. Thank you, team. Isn't it wonderful when the words just speak to you? The music is wonderful, but then the words come home. It's so wonderful. I, I love the subject, Dare to Dream. I love to encourage people to go for it. And I wrote a book on that, and uh, I'd like to give it away to anybody who'd like to read it. This doesn't mean you have to come to the seminar to, to take the book. If you really want to read it, I don't want you to just grab it because it's free, but grab it if you think, I, I'd like to read that. And if I may say so, I think it's a good book. Yeah. <laughs> and it can help you. Understand something of who you are, and hopefully to take a step into your destiny in God. So that's why I wrote it. But Karen and I, that's one of the favorite things that we do is try to help people walk into their God-appointed destiny. That's, why, that's what we're here for until we hit the tape, is to help people <laughs> walk into that. That won't happen for a while, though, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. We love seeing people come together in relationships. Just prayed with a couple that just started one. Uh, we prayed with them during the worship time. We love to see that because it says that people are taking bold steps forward, especially for guys to take those bold steps. Sometimes it's hard for guys. That's why I say to guys, I want to help you. I want to do what I can to help you. I know it's hard. I know it can be fearful inside to take a step. And so. We want to encourage you, Karen and I pray about that a lot for couples, to go for it. And if it's hard for you to go for it, I'll help you go for it. I helped Michael and Martina. I shared the, did I tell you the story? 
And they said I could be public about it. They're not embarrassed about it. Uh, it was obvious to all of you that knew them that there was something going on, only there was nothing communicated to, to one another. And so I finally said to Michael, Michael, if you don't do something, you might lose her. And he says, I'm shy. And I said, okay, I'll help you. And, and uh, I, I, I said, I'll, we'll get you together. So that was it for uh, two or three weeks. Then I was in doing the uh, uh, newbie meeting, and he came in. I was talking to people. He came and just handed me a note. He said, I want you to help me tonight. I looked at him, and I said, I, I was just saying, five minutes. So five minutes, I came out, and I said, go get her. <laughs> and so they came into my study, and Michael is sitting here, and Martina is sitting there. And I said, Michael, do you have anything to say? <laughs> and he said, looking at me, I'm interested in her. No, first he said, yeah. I said, do you have anything to say? And he said, yes. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good positive start. Then... I said, what do you want to say? He said, I'm interested in her. So I looked over at Martina and I said, uh, how does that make you feel? And she's already beaming. She just. And she said, I, I'd be interested too. Something like that. And so I said, I've done enough. I walked out. Came back about an hour later, and they'd moved a little closer together. And I understand that, because it, it can be hard for a guy. You, rejection, we're talking about rejection next week. It's hard. Some of us have felt it. So you, you've, you've wanted to go in a certain direction, and it didn't work out for you, and that's, that's hard on you. So we understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was some really beautiful music at the wedding, too, wasn't there? Yeah. Okay, so I got books here. I wrote an article called uh, A Winnable War and a War Worth Winning. And I think we put that up, uh, didn't we, Andy, on, on our website? I'd, I'd encourage you, especially guys, that's a war worth winning, and it's a war that can be won. And there are guys here, a lot of guys can testify that they've won that war. And so I'd encourage you not to give up, not to throw into the towel, not to think it's winnable. Some of you girls struggle with it too. So it, it's, it's uh, our battle, battle with lust, a battle of, of walking in a way of purity. And you can win that war. So I just encourage you to, to believe in that and to go for it. Shane has taken up the project of gardening at Godtown, and he could use some helpers. I love, I love, I love to garden. I'd love to go down there. We're doing some gardening here, as you can see. If, if you would enjoy that and doing it for a community and doing it as outreach to connect people, to connect the neighborhoods, stand up, Shane, so that they can see who you are, and I'd really encourage you to connect with Shane, because that could be a real opportunity. Okay. Father, cause your love to be poured out now. Cause it to be poured out in our midst. Give us confidence that we can dream, that we can go for it, that we can be bold, that we can, we can fulfill our God-appointed destiny. I've shown this video before. You may have seen it before. If you have, you need to see it again. If you haven't seen it, I'm glad you're going to see it tonight. Uh, CJ, you put it on. It's about someone who could easily, easily have missed his God-appointed destiny, and he's walking into it. I don't know if he's come to the place now where he has faith in Jesus Christ, but it's obvious when you see this. Go ahead.
Well, it's coming. It is coming. Sure. Father, we pray that you would help put this out there, that we'd be able to see it, be encouraged by it. But for the next contestant, the world of showbiz seems a million miles away. It's Paul, a mobile phone salesman from South Wales. By day, I sell mobile phones. My dream is to spend my life doing what I feel that I was born to do. Paul. What are you here for today, Paul? To sing opera. I've always wanted to sing as a career. Britain's got talent. Confidence is, has always been sort of like a difficult thing for me. I've always found it a little bit difficult to be completely confident in myself. Okay, lacks confidence. Ready when you are. Carphone Warehouse, <laughs> and you did that. I wasn't expecting that. No, neither was I. <laughs> this was a complete breath of fresh air. I thought you were absolutely fantastic. You have an incredible voice. I think if you keep singing like that, you are going to be one of the favourites to win this whole competition. I think that we've got a case of a little lump of coal here that is going to turn into a diamond. Okay. Moment of truth, young man. Piers. Absolutely yes. Amanda? Yes. Paul, you are through to the next round. Congratulations. You must be over the moon. I am. A bit shocked at the moment. Oh, you <laughs> And as Paul heads home happy, the judges think they might have found something special in Cardiff. I like shows where somebody isn't a professional, has a talent, isn't aware of it, has a normal job, and then you see something else. Mm. I like that. Mm. And that's what that guy has. discovered little mm. gem. Yeah. A frog that will turn into a prince. Yeah. Paul's now. <laughs> Paul's traveling the world. Yeah, he won.
he's made CDs. He's singing what he's dreamt to do. Did you, did you expect that when, when you heard him? He didn't have a lot of confidence, did he? He could have easily missed it. He could have said, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Wouldn't that have been sad? You know what's just as sad? What's just as sad? Living a life that he missed. Yeah, y you guys could miss it. That's right. Wouldn't that be just as sad if you missed your destiny? And as Paul says, I want to say three things about this, and I want to look at some scriptures. The first thing is that there is something in you that shows the glory of God. When he sings, you feel the glory of God. Because whether a person has become a believer in Jesus or not, they have the mark of God on them. Everyone who is made is made in the image of God. And they can show forth the glory of God. Michelangelo showed forth the glory of God. Leonardo da Vinci showed forth the glory of God. Whether a person is a Christian or not, they can still show God's glory. And you can see God's glory in that. How much more if they know the Lord? You've got something in you that points to God's goodness and God's glory. And if you find that and walk into that, you will experience the same kind of joy that he's got to be feeling now as he's traveling the world and do what he obviously was created to do. Do I hear an amen? Second thing, it's possible to miss your destiny. You look at Matthew 25, and you see two people who are walking into their God-appointed destiny, who are investing what God's given them. Uh, it's a picture of a master who is leaving town, and he talks to three people, his servants. And he gives them all something to invest, which speaks of our, our life, the investment of our life, our resources, our being, our personality. How many of them do? Out of the three? Two do. One doesn't. And he says, as he is giving this excuse, I knew that you are a hard man. doesn't look like a hard man. As you're reading the story, you don't, he doesn't seem like a hard man because the first two, they, they invest, and here's what the master says, well done, good and faithful. He calls them faithful, calls them good, and says, you have been faithful a little. I will put you in charge of many things. My, that's pretty encouraging. This sounds like a, I wouldn't mind working. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you be okay working with somebody like that? Now, now hear this. Come and share your master's happiness. I'm happy. Come. Let's, let's come together and let's celebrate. Sounds like a wonderful person. Then the man who had received the one talent said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man. Here's my exhortation to you. If somehow something didn't happen right, you prayed for a family member and you thought they were going to live and they died. You, you prayed for the promotion and got laid off. You prayed for a relationship to go and it went south. And, and you could easily become disappointed in God. It's not hard to be disappointed in God. Yet you have to get over it. Because if to you God is a little on the stiff side, the hard side, you will not walk into your God-appointed destiny. You will not fulfill it. Because the, most, the two most important pictures that you have are your picture of God and your picture of yourself. And if your picture of God is skewed and you consider him hard, hard is what you'll get. You get what you see God to be. If you perceive God to be stingy, that's what you get. The elder brother perceived his father to be stingy and that's what he experienced. So that's not who God is. But it says to the faithful, Psalm 18, you show yourself faithful. But to the 
perverse, you show yourself differently. Psalm 18, I'm not quoting it accurately, but that's what it says. You get what you believe God to be, not what God is. You don't get generosity if you see God as stingy because you're going like this. All these years I've served you, and yet you never gave me even a kid that I might make merry. Do you get it? No, you don't. The, the, he's, he's frustrating the grace of this father who wants to give, and the father says, everything's mine. It, everything is mine is yours. It's, it's available. He just didn't know how to access it. So I'm just going to stop here and pray for anyone. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but if in your heart something, maybe something residual from something that happened as a teenager, something that maybe caused you to pull back just a little bit. Well, God blesses people. I just don't happen to be one of them. God loves me, I know, but I don't feel it very often. If, if there's something like that and it causes you to, to paint a different picture of God, you won't fulfill your destiny. Karen and I are all about helping people to walk into their God-appointed dreams and destiny. So I'm just going to pause here. Heavenly Father, the Bible says you're kind to the just and the unjust. You cause the rain to, to fall on those who love you and those who don't. The sun rises on those who curse you. You're so good. Like a friend says, you're the kindest person I know. And so we want to experience that. We want to understand that. Were there any any hearts here that have just pulled back slightly and have trusted you a little less, I pray that you would heal them, even tonight, that you would walk into their situation and prove to them once again how good you are. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Show it to them. Show it to them, God, so that they do not fall short of walking into their destiny. Let me ask you a question. This is on the second point. It's possible to miss it. A poet said, and, and you're going to finish the quote because some of you have heard me say it before. Most people die. Pardon? Well, the music's still inside of them. Would you say that is Christians as well? Would you say that most Christians die with the music still inside of them? Mm -hmm. Seems to me that that's the case. People go to work tomorrow morning, and the majority of people are not walking into their God-appointed destiny. Most people are not living. People go to, go to a job, not to a destiny. I'm thankful for those who walk into the destiny. And I understand, as young people, sometimes, as I told somebody today, that we have to pay our dues, we have to, we have to get ready we have to be in training. And so it's not that you're necessarily walking in your destiny at age 20 or 25, but you're getting ready for it. And that may mean going to some place that's not your favorite place, but you're getting trained, you're getting built up. But eventually, you need to be walking into your destiny every day and living that out. Because if you are, the glory of God is being expressed in a powerful way as you work as you do what you're created to do, as you do what you're wired to do. That's the second thing. It's possible to miss it. The third thing I want to say about this, uh, anybody get choked up when you saw that? I've seen it many times. I still get choked up because it's, it's just so wonderful to see somebody that's obviously gifted and living their gift. It's just as wonderful Anybody paint here? Any, anybody really good at paint, and you know that God is glorified in your painting? Wonderful. Anybody, anybody good with numbers here? Anybody really good with numbers? God is glorified in your, in your abilities and with numbers. Because I'm not the best at numbers. <laughs> Andersons aren't good at science. And any, anybody in biology or... or, or uh, chemistry here that's really good at that. Boy, we didn't hit that one, did we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm good at talking. You're good at talking. Yeah. 
Okay. There's, there's something that you are equipped for, whether it's to take out three potential tacklers so that the halfback can, can score, or that you can sing in a way that blesses God, honors him, or that you play an instrument, or you can fix somebody and people say, how, how did you do that? There's something in you that, that you're wired for, that answers to the way God made you. So I want to look at a, a few scriptures. We're here on assignment. Say that. There are no volunteers. Paul didn't volunteer to be an apostle. He didn't sign up. You're conscripted. Here he is going to Damascus to carry out what he thinks is his assignment. Wrong. What's he going to do? And a light flashes from heaven. Acts 22. If you've got your Bibles, open it up. A light flashes from heaven, and Paul falls to the ground. He's not on a horse. He's walking. He falls to the ground, and he asks this, whoever it was that's bigger than he is, he has just been apprehended by someone who is choosing him. And Paul asks two questions. The first question is, who are you? That was a good question. He's flat on the, flat on the ground, and he's wondering what, what just went wrong, because he's also blind. And he says, who are you, Lord? He gets an incredible answer. I want you to think about this one. What's the, what's the answer that he hears from heaven? I am Jesus of Nazareth. He gives his address. <laughs> he tells where he's from. This is the human Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, the one who used to live in Nazareth, the one who's Joseph's son. That one. I'm Jesus. And listen, when you touch my people, you touch me. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And here Saul is on the ground, and he is saying, uh-oh. He's in trouble. He's been laying his hand on the friends of the one who just put him on the ground. And he might just as soon kill him. He just took his lights out. He might kill him. And Paul, he says, okay, uncle. What's his next question? There it is. What do I do? What do you want me to do? Now I want you to hear the answer. Get up. Okay. Good. Go into Damascus, and there you will be told what you have been, what's the word? Assigned. Tell the person next to you, you are here on assignment. Listen, in the, when you've got a king and a kingdom, you've got assignments. You don't have any volunteers. You say, aye, aye, sir, to the king. And so the king tells Saul, about to become Paul, this is what you're assigned to do. This is how much you will suffer for my name's sake. And Paul says, okay. He calls himself the least of the apostles. But he got it right. You've been assigned. Mark, listen to what Jesus says in Mark 13. Be on your guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come, when the sun comes. It is like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task. You've got, got an assignment. 
You've got an assigned task. Nehemiah starts praying for the problems in Jerusalem. He has a heart for the brokenness. God slips something in his heart. What is it? It's an assignment. He didn't know he was going to be doing it. And then it, he says in chapter 2, this is what a dream is. This is the best definition I've found for a dream. He says, I have not yet, uh, Nehemiah 2, 12, I believe, I had not yet told them what God had put in my heart to do for Israel. God had put it in his heart. Nehemiah, you will fix the wall. He could have said, no, not me. They live there. I've already got my job. I'm the cupbearer for the king. Let them do it. Why don't they do more? Why don't they do something? Well, he had a heart to pray, and God slipped him an assignment. Some assignments are 20 years. Some assignments are 52 days. That's how long it took. Miraculous. Because he wasn't doing it for God. He was doing it with him. You do an assignment, and you take, on, take it on and say, let's do it together. Except the Lord build the house, those who build it labor in vain. Except the Lord guard the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and go to bed late, eating the bread of, of, of uh, care, careful sorrow, for he giveth his beloved sleep. You can rest at the end of the day. That was sure good working with you today, God. Sure was fun enjoying life with you. My sister, Deborah, uh, who is the mother of Andrew Homestead, she came to the Holy Spirit Conference. One year I spoke on dreams. And she said, Paul, by God's grace, I raised my three sons to love and honor God. And then she said this, now I'm ready for my next assignment. I love the way she expressed that. She knows she's here on purpose. She's not here to take up space. She's not here to have fun. She's not here to settle back into a nice, cozy life. She's here on assignment from the king. And so God showed her what her next assignment is. She's doing that now, and she's really enjoying it. I pray, as I told the, the prayer group at 6.30, they were, they were saying my, some of my lines. <laughs> they, were, they were praying it. I was getting ready in there. I thought, well, I've studied enough. I think I'll go in there and pray. Well, then they just kept giving me stuff, <laughs> confirming my stuff. I, sa I said to them that often I pray, several times a week, not every day, but almost every day, let me catch the wind. Let me catch the wind today so that I'm not doing something for God. I, I've done enough of that. I want to catch the wind. I want to sail. It says in 2 Peter 1, men of God wrote as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I'd rather fish with Jesus than fish for Jesus. Ask Peter what the difference is. Staying up all night, catching none. Do you know how a fisherman feels when he's been up all night? And you say, have you caught any fish? The words just stick in their mouth. They can hardly get it out. And then Jesus says, okay, throw it on the other side. <laughs> How would you feel? I, you know, he might have wanted to say, listen, you preach, I'll fish. Okay? I'm the fisherman. You're the preacher. You're the healer. You do your stuff. I'll do mine. He said, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. He was willing to say it. That was good. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. They'd already taken the nets in. That takes some time. <laughs> Got to take the net out again. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Boy, is he glad he did. He is walking into his destiny. He is learning about catching fish. And on Pentecost, he's going to pull the net in. And there are going to be 3,000 3, fish in the net. 
Boy, he's, he's doing it with Jesus. Wouldn't you rather work with Jesus? Karen, I pray that you'll walk into your God-appointed destiny and you'll do it with boldness. One more verse, Ephesians 2. You've heard this before. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not because of works, lest anyone should boast. Not because of works. You know, I talk to a lot of people that think they're saved because of works. A lot of Lutherans. I, I ride in the truck. If our car breaks down, I'm riding in the truck. So I just want to talk to them. In California, it was rare that I'd meet a Lutheran. I, it, it's interesting for me because I happen to be a Lutheran pastor. And so I just ask them, do you have, do you have a personal relationship? Yeah, I do. I do. How, how do you know? I've lived a pretty good life. Oh my! So you're stacking them up, huh? You're stacking up those good works, huh? Those good works outweigh these bad ones. You got a pretty good record and you'll probably make it in. And then I shock them when I say, did you know that there are no Lutherans in heaven? <laughs> they're not Methodists or Presbyterians either but they are God's kids who trust not in their own merit but totally in the merit of Jesus Christ and the work he did on the cross when he said it is finished in other words nothing for you to do we're saved not because of works man next verse he says for we are God's Ephesians 2:10 poema we are his work of art created in Christ Jesus to do good works wow I know Lutherans who would just stay away from that. No one's going to accuse me of doing any good works. <laughs> As if that's a, that's, whoa, they've got to be careful. Then it's not grace. It's absolutely grace. We do what God gives us to do. We walk into our destiny. We do good works. We serve. We were at a prayer meeting with John Tolo and a bunch of you from here last night. We see the works that they are doing. They are good works. God loves good works done in the power of the Holy Spirit to advance the kingdom, to bring down the kingdom. You're called to it. That's your destiny. Paul is preaching to, the, uh, to Titus and talk, talking to him about the people, and he says that he has redeemed the people to himself, and he purifies them so that they may be zealous for good works. We're not only to do them, we're to be zealous. What good work can I do today? Who can I touch? How can I reach out? It's not optional. It's not for the elite. It's for those who want to walk into their destiny in God. And so that's why I say, well, one would be to join up with shame or to join up with the women's uh, dwelling place. Find something where, where it's a cause that Christ identifies with. Read Isaiah 61 if you, if you don't know. And then somewhere, somehow, get involved in the doing of good works that answer to the way you are made. Because it will do something in you, and it will advance the kingdom, and it will show the glory of God. Ephesians 2.10 says, I'll just say three things, and then we're going to pray together. Three things about, uh, about good works. First, is that they're pre-planned. Does that disappoint anybody? Does that offend anybody that God has predestined you? 
I'm going to say a word. Give me a thumbs up if it's a good word, thumbs down if it's a bad word. The word is predestination. Some are not sure. You don't want to play this game. You're not, you don't want to be wrong. This is a trick question. It's always used as a verb, used four times in the New Testament, always as a verb, two times in Romans 8, two times in, in Ephesians 1. Those two chapters are pinnacles of New Testament theology, telling us that we've been predestined, that God thought in advance. He planned in advance for the things for us to walk into. That's why Peter got so many fish. Jesus had already got it planned. He had it scoped out. He knew where the fish were. Makes it easier to fish. Makes it easier to do good works if they're works that we walk into. Let me ask you a question. If this is the way that God's calling you, and you choose to walk into that way, would you say that you would have a level of joy? Would you also say that you'd have a level of influence? Okay, what if this is the way that God's calling you to walk into, and you choose this way, would you have that same level of joy? Would you have that same level of influence? Then it's probably a good idea to say, God, I want to walk with you. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to walk into your destiny now. That, that doesn't mean you have to know it now. You may not know it till later. Elizabeth didn't know hers until she was past childbearing age. But she was walking in obedience to the Lord and trusting in the Lord. As a barren woman, shamed by her neighbors, God had not spoken to her and told her. The neighbors spoke to her. And it wasn't kind. But then God flooded her. What an incredible assignment she was given to raise the greatest prophet ever of the Old Covenant named John the Baptist. He was great, though he only had, he had less than one year. It was a matter of months. But he was preaching in the desert, and Israel was flocking to him. You might even call that a revival. People getting saved. I'm not offended that God has planned in advance because that shows love for me. Karen, if you can imagine this, when we do worship together, she wants to know the songs that I'm going to do ahead of the time that we do them. Can you imagine that? I'm saying, honey, I just like to wing it. It's kind. It's kind for me to give her a list ahead of time so she can be praying about them and thinking about them and looking at the words. It's kind. When I don't, that's not kind. It's, I like spontaneous. So, so it's kindness for God to think ahead of you. He's been thinking about you since the foundation of the world. He's got things planned for you. He's excited about where he's taking you. He wants you to go there. And he wants you to love him and trust him and believe in him, believe that he's got a destiny that answers to the way you're wired, answers to the way you do life, answers to your idiosyncrasies, your quirky ways, that it answers to that because that's who you are. And that's so kind of God to plan it in advance. So those are planned. In advance. Second thing about these works is that they are good. Good works. They're not just works. They're not just generic deeds. Well, I do something good. I've done things that God didn't ask me to do. I tried to stop the merger of the ELCA. Had seminars. As I look back on that, that was futile, and I don't think God asked me to do it. Didn't bear fruit. Didn't do what I was hoping it would do. I don't, I don't think he asked me to do it. I'm quite sure that I did it on my own. I'm going to stop here. I want to pray with you. I want you to pray with one another. 
what could keep you? Just think about this question. What could keep you from walking into your destiny? For this man that I told you about, it was two things. Jesus said back to him, the, the master said back to him, you wicked, what was the next word? Lazy. I wouldn't have put those two words in the same sentence. But Jesus did. So if you struggle with wickedness or laziness, I'd be very careful because you, unless you get over that, you won't walk into your destiny. It may be fear. I, I deal with fear. Anybody here deal with fear? I deal with fear a, a lot. But is that going to keep you from your destiny? See, you can have fear. I think David had fear when he ran toward Goliath. I don't think a teenager going after a giant is going to say, bring him on. But I think he was walking by faith or running by faith, and he's going to take that guy out. Probably had some butterflies as he was doing it. But he had strength in the Lord, and he would not let fear overtake him. And so we must not allow fear to overtake us or our God-appointed destiny gets shut down in the face of fear and we settle for mediocrity in a substandard life and we have a nice home and a nice garden and a nice job and we're not showing forth the glory of God. Wouldn't you rather show forth the glory of God? So what could it be? When I was in seminary, the guy who I was in seminary with, he asked me, what could, what, how could Satan get at you? I said, through pride. And I said, I gave him the question back. I said, how could Satan get at you? And he said, sex. That's what he used on him. And he took him out with what he knew but did not sufficiently deal with. What could, just stop for a moment now. Just stop for a moment. What, what could take me out? What could keep me from my destiny? It would be as sad as if Paul Potts, or maybe even sadder. Because just statistically, everybody here is not going to walk into their God-appointed destiny. Just, I hope that's not true. I hope everyone here does. Wouldn't that be wonderful? If everyone here, I'm going for it. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to go for it. I just want to get wanted to get started on the theme and then encourage you. We, you got lots of things that you could be doing on Saturday. Only one of which would be to come and um, share with uh, a time with from 9:30 to 12:30. If whether you can or can't, you're welcome to read the book, which can encourage you. I talked to a gal today, and I she's wondering who she is and what she's called to, and I think. There's a survey in the in the back that uh, I was trying to remember. Yeah, there's questionnaire, dream discernment survey, and dream discovery surveys, things that might be able to help you. The most important thing is not knowing my destiny, but it's walking in obedience to the one who's got it. Because Ruth didn't know her destiny, but she clung to the God of Naomi, and what a destiny she walked into. Oh, she was in, in the line of the king, in line of Jesus, bore, bore children. She was the grandmother of David. Isn't that cool? And she was a Moabite who were not even permitted to come with the people of Israel. And she was adopted in. Heavenly Father, oh, that no one here may miss out, that no one here would miss what you've called them to do, and your heart burns with desire for them. 
because they will show forth the glory in a unique way that only they can, no one else can. No one can live their life. No one can walk into their destiny for them. And so please give them courage as we sang tonight. Courage to say no to self, no to sin. If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Holy Spirit, would you stir in hearts tonight, stir even as we pray now, stir afresh a holy passion I'm going to pray in a tongue, and then I or someone else will interpret it. I believe God wants to speak prophetically. Jorapa, jorapa, korapa, tera, korapa, korapa, tera, korapa, korapa, tera, koshendero koya. Koshendere koya, kovara oreapa chende, korapa korepa kashende. Now let me say something before this gets interpreted. That the Bible speaks about the gift of tongues, and that when it is given in a meeting like this, one word like that, then it's to be interpreted. I do not know what I said. Speaking in tongues, it says you, your, your spirit is speaking, but your mind is in neutral. It says it's fruitless. It's, it's not involved. And then what is the purpose then? Well, when you speak in a tongue, you're speaking praise or prayers to God, and it builds you up. When you give it in a meeting, the purpose of it is to be interpreted, and then it becomes a prophetic word. So it doesn't happen a lot here. It happens from time to time. But now we're just going to wait and just have a moment of silence. It's not a translation. We're not translating the word, but we're interpreting it, getting the essence of it, and then speaking it forth. So we'll wait. There may be more than one. There may be, there may be, uh, so just uh, go ahead and just in just a moment here. We'll just wait for a moment now. And you may get a part of it. And someone else get a part of it? That's okay too. We're we're free here, so if you think you have something, you know, we're not coming down on anybody. Get part of it. So, so uh, no fear now. Good, honey. Yeah. And what I heard was a song. And it was, I have called you by name. Mm -hmm. I have called you by name. Mm -hmm. Hear my voice. I have called you by name. Listen to my voice. Mm -hmm. Do not fear, for I am your God, and I will lead you. Day by day, even in the night hours, keep your eyes on me and hear my voice. She wasn't in the prayer meeting, but in the prayer meeting we did speak about God calling us by name and, and coming to understand our identity, who we are. A name is an identity. So that's special, Katie.
wishes are you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Do not or nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way and this is the important part that stuck out to me in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And this is how it connects to this whole conversation thing that you were talking about. Um how we're his we're his workmanship created in Christ in good works. Which God prepared beforehand. Another word on identity. He didn't say you do before he said you are. That's a statement of identity. You are. What are you? You are light. It's natural for lights to shine. They do it effortlessly. A light bulb doesn't try to shine. It simply shines. You are. He didn't say let your light shine first. He said you are. He, he spoke to our identity. Then he speaks to our destiny. Identity drives destiny. If you know your identity, you're better able to walk into your destiny. Anyone else? Yeah. Okay, we got a couple others. Say it a little louder. There are people way in the back here. God's children are coming up from the dungeons of religion and finding truth in Jesus. I asked for just like an explanation of the dungeons. And he said that a lot of the children, because they're all together, locked up and you know chained in the dungeons, think that that's just how it is because everyone's there. But they're starting to see the light. Walking out into it. Mm, mm. There's something more. We're we're drawn into into that light. Thank you. That is good. Yeah, Kevin and then <laughs> okay. Well, wonderful. Okay, I saw Lindsay and then the, in the back. Wonderful. See, uh, one word can have multiple interpretations. It's not a translation, it's an interpretation. And it can speak to numerous people. Different facets of that speak to different people. Thank you very much. There's a hand in the back. Go ahead. Yeah. Amanda. I can't see well without my glasses, Amanda. Go ahead.
Okay, you can take any or all of this. You can take it for yourself. So now we, what we do is we turn this place into a prayer meeting. We want to take the word. We don't, we don't want to just leave before we have a chance to let, let the word penetrate into our heart. And we can do that through prayer by receiving it. And so we do that with one another. So you might uh, take one facet of it. Would you pray for me? Because here's how I could miss out. The Bible says, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. And so we don't want to be pessimistic, but we want to be realistic. I could, I could miss out here, and this is how I might do So you might get prayer for that, or you might just be so encouraged by new courage that is coming to you. Courage, Latin for courage is, uh, is heart, cur, cur, courage, heart. So maybe, maybe God's touched your heart tonight. And giving you some new strength. And you want to bring that home and get prayer for it. So just now, just turn to those who are close to you. If you feel more comfortable, gals with gals, then, then uh, move around if you need to. So you can pray with a gal, guys with guys. It's not necessary, but sometimes it's helpful. So do whatever is helpful to you. And then uh, we'll have, do we have any new people here tonight? Raise your Okay, we have new people. Okay, we got some new people. And uh, Brandon, did you did you want to meet with them, or do you, are you able to, or is this not? They're not able to. Okay, well, in about five minutes or so, we'll we'll go upstairs with the newbies and and talk together. So uh, we'll announce that. But for now, up in the living room. Yeah, you won't go that way. You'll go around. Next week, we hope it'll be all done. Yes, sir. Nate. Oh, yeah. 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 Be, uh, just before we pray here. So um, I was trying to debate whether or not I should do this, but I feel like this is a place. Um, Sure. that you guys just need to know about what's happening. So this uh, group of five people right here in the front row, um, they are people that I just met, was that yesterday, officially. Um, we've been talking for a while. They're from Pennsylvania, um, and they've come. They're on a 10-city tour right now, the Life and Love Tour, um, going around and just blessing 10 different cities um, just with music, cool. going to places, going into bars, going into coffee shops, wherever the Lord leads them just to, to love the people of that city. Um, and so we just spent some really great time yesterday worshiping and just uh, loving the Lord together. And I was just so blessed and enriched. Um, and so I want to let you guys know that we are, the reason that we're connected is that we are doing a concert in our house on on Saturday evening, so after the the dream workshop, just come on over to our house, um, and we're gonna we're basically it's just a free concert. It's open to to everyone and anyone, and I think you guys have been meeting random people and just inviting whoever. It doesn't matter Christian, non-Christian. Um, so it, the house is in Maple Grove. Um, probably the easiest way um, to find out more information about this is if you go to RedForestRecords.com. Um, is the sort of the initiative that my wife and I started to to really uh, promote and push um, just Christian to give freedom to Christians to do art for the glory of God in a way that's that's not compromising that's not doing it for the money but it's doing it to love people and to point people to the glory of God and so we are super excited to have them come and play some music with us and you know I don't know how many people we can fit in our house but I'm I'm expectant that the Lord's going to do a good thing. So uh, 7 o'clock is when it starts, but you guys are welcome to come earlier just to hang out, spend some time with these, these guys. Um, so we've just been really blessed by that. want to extend that to you. If you know anybody who would be excited about that, we're excited about it. So that's all I got. CJ, could we put that on the, yeah, put it on the update? Yeah, CJ's going to be there. He's, okay. a, he's so my you, buddy. And you he's give him buddy, the, so. you know, he, you got the information. Yeah, yeah, you got okay. it. Okay. Yeah, he should be able to put it up there. So, Good deal. thank you. Yes. Thank you. Nate. Okay.
find a person or a couple, not, not uh, make it, keep it small, but then just turn now in a, a time of prayer, and then in a few minutes, we'll, some of us will go upstairs. Snacks in the back, we weren't going upstairs for food tonight.